T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Anytime you turn on YouTube, I'll let it play a little bit. It's going to happen that way. Hello, everyone. Welcome to KMOX at your service. George Sells with you tonight until 10 p.m. Love a little you two. Love listening to the news and hearing things that make you wonder about somebody's job. Did you catch the part about they're, they're testing they're testing wastewater, looking for the Omicron vi- variant? I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but we were just having a conversation about how that's impossible to say, but we'll get there. But they're monitoring the wastewater. So how would you like to be the guy that has to take that sample? Every week you go out there with your little cup into the sewage plant and God knows what you're scooping up. It's not even every week. It's probably every hour. So you can take it in and put it under the microscope. Just little things to think about. If you're thinking your job is kind of annoying, you're at least not in that boat. But, you know, what are you going to do? So we're... (laughs) And we will not be talking this all about this all the way up till 10 o'clock. What we will be talking about, a variety of items to get into, really. For starters, I'm just going to ask kind of a personal question and throw it out there for anyone who wants to talk about it. Christmas lists. When are you too old to make a Christmas list? Now, obviously, the kids, yeah. My, my kids are still, my kids are 12 and 16, and, you know, th- those Christmas lists are done. They're ready. They're they're. I used to say they're on the fridge. They're not on the fridge anymore. They've been texted to me. That's how it works now. But they're ready to go. But for years, I mean, my, my wife and I have been married since 1998, 23 years of marriage. And my wife, every year, you're going to make a Christmas list. And I'm like, oh, it's, kids make Christmas lists. I, adults don't make Christmas lists. Well, there are pro and con arguments. We will get into that coming up here in a little bit. Should adults make Christmas lists? Is it childish? Is it like you're expecting something? Of course you're expecting something. It's Christmas. You want something. But anyway, we'll get into that coming up in a little while. Also, we've been talking around town for the last week almost nonstop about what should be done with Stan Kroenke's money. The Rams lawsuit, the NFL lawsuit, bringing, what is it, $980 million total? First thing, I'd like to be the lawyer who's collecting 35% of that. But uh, absent of that, you still have about $500 million to be split up between the city, the county, and the uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau, or the folks who run the convention center. So we've heard a zillion things about what should be done with that, from cutting checks to every individual in St. Louis City and County to – variety of other ideas, uh, fixing roads, paving, paving roads, fixing sidewalks, 
all that sort of thing. Well, one thing that was also proposed, and this came up in an editorial, I believe Tony Messenger wrote it in the Post-Dispatch, was something called the Kalamazoo Promise. Kalamazoo, Michigan uh, is where this originates. And about, what has it been, 15 years ago, almost, 2006, I'm not supposed to do math on the air, I'm told it's bad for me. 2006, a couple of anonymous donors got together and started a fund. They started it with about $80 million. And the promise was this. If you graduate from the Kalamazoo Public Schools, your college tuition will be paid for. Period. Now, the Kalamazoo Public School System, uh, not too terribly different from the St. Louis Public Schools. And I mean, I, I speak from... First-hand knowledge, just to be fully uh, transparent, I work for the St. Louis Public Schools, uh, but I'm not getting into this conversation for that reason. I'm getting into this conversation because it's interesting. Uh, But the Kalamazoo Public School System, a lot of kids in poverty, something like 75% of their students uh, get some kind of government assistance for lunch every day. Uh, It's not dissimilar to our district. And all of a sudden, every kid in that district finds out if you graduate, you're going to get free college if you go to an in-state school in Michigan. And first it was just the public schools, and now they've broadened it to several private schools in Michigan also. Well, what has happened? For one thing, uh, the student roles have gone up significantly in Kalamazoo, Michigan. They're up by close to 20%. Between 16 and 20%, I've seen some different numbers on, on that. And you have a much higher number of kids going to college. Now, it's not perfect. There, there are holes in it and all that sort of thing. But think about this for a moment. What something like this could do for St. Louis. A lot of people I have talked to over the last several years in my position working for the school system, back when I was a reporter at Channel 2, a variety of things in, in private business in between, uh, the folks – in the business world will tell you, uh, the folks at Cortex will tell you, among others, that for this city to make that run into something more than it is today, to be the next Silicon Valley, if you will, the next Austin, Austin, Texas, whatever it is, but for this city to really flourish, the school system will have to lead the way. Now, why is that? The schools have to lead the way because we need education. We need an educated workforce that can handle the demands of a 21st century economy and that can flourish uh, in jobs that require the use of technology, jobs that require the use of your brains over your brawn, if you will. It's vital. And for a school system to lead the way to that, I'll tell you what, the idea of every kid knowing that they're going to go to college uh, that could be a big part of that. That could be the game changer. That could be that game changing moment. One man's opinion. Uh, but I'm going to be talking with an alumni of the Kalamazoo Project who now works for the Kalamazoo Project. And he talks both about, he can talk about it both from the kid's perspective when he's in high school uh, and the adult perspective now and seeing it from the standpoint of uh, the folks that operate that fund now uh, 15 years later. And they've had a lot of success. So we're going to get into that. But it's it's really interesting to me. We talk about finding game changer moments for this city. And 
something like and doing something like that with that money. I mean, you know, give me a break. Write a check to everybody because whatever he gets a check for two hundred dollars, woohoo! Don't forget the taxes you'll probably that would have to come out of it first. Uh, that that's a waste of time. You know, there are there are other and there are other good things that could be it could go go toward. But let's face it, if you use the money to pave roads and fix sidewalks and stuff like that, you're just throwing cash, throwing cash, throwing cash, and then it's gone. Something like this, you take this fund and you invest it the right way. You can do almost all of your spending off the interest and off the profit. You don't even touch the the nut. Say they took, say they took two hundred fifty million of the five hundred million. You could literally use money that you're making between profits profits on investments and just the basic interest that that kind of money would collect, and that's a lot of money. And you could run this program and still have that money there. Think about that for a second. You put a bunch of kids through college who probably wouldn't get a chance otherwise in many cases, and the money's still there and can be used you know, a little bit at a time toward other things as well. This is the kind of thing that can be generational. And whether it's this or some other plan that does something similar to that, that is the kind of thing that could make this lawsuit really you know, be a benefit for St. Louis. And wouldn't it be great to talk about the thousands of St. Louis kids years from now that Stan Kroenke put through college? I think that would be a, I think that would be the ultimate, you know, thumb to the nose for that guy. His Rams are playing in a half empty stadium. He's losing his backside and he's educated half of St. Louis. I think that'd be awesome. So we'll get into that. That's coming up later on in the next half hour. And we'll get to that Christmas list question coming up. Here in just a moment. It's 8.15. I'm George Sells. Thanks for being with me. You're listening to Camo X. Okay, that's ZZ Top. We were just having a conversation in here about the Green Day. Remember when Green Day played at the uh, NHL All-Star game? And that well, and they played a, sh- a, a free quote-unquote show. Show might be quote-unquote also outside before the game. And it was basically for NBC to get some cool crowd shots and stuff. And they played they played like four songs, which yeah, it's four songs. It's Green Day. It was free. People were complaining because it was very cold. My daughter was very cold. She was – my son was okay with it. My daughter was like less than interested because he was freezing. But memories down – a little trip down memory lane as we look out the window here from the uh, Park Pacific building where you could have just about seen – that performance, or at least seeing the crowd overflow from here. No doubt about that. That was a good time. So here's the question. We've been talking about it, or I've, I mentioned it earlier, but I'll, I'll get into it from, from the top here. And it's about Christmas lists. You know, obviously it is that time of year, every time to get out and do the shopping or, or go online and do the shopping, whatever your preference. And you're all, everybody's always wondering what everybody wants. Uh, you know, different people in your family. My father is impossible to shop for. My father is listening, by the way. So I'll tell you this to your face through a 50,000-watt radio station. You are impossible to shop for. It's a, it's a chore every year just to try to think of that perfect thing, or some, or whether it's clothes, whether it's gadgets, whatever. Now, my kids, because they're kids, they have already penned the perfect Christmas list with everything they could ever imagine and hope, hope for or want. 
You know, when they were they're twelve and sixteen now. When they were littler, it was cute. They'd write it out with a crayon. We put it up on the refrigerator and go out and go shopping and go looking around and get all their stuff and you know go go through the the rest of the the deal with that. Now, of course, it comes by text. That's that's how it operates. My my daughter had a very detailed list uh, that she was ready to text me last week. Just make sure everything was done in time for Thanksgiving in case I happened to get out early. You know, very kind of her. <laughs> but my son, he, he moves a little slower. He's the 16-year-old. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get you something. I swear. But it's, you know, he, he understands how this whole thing works. So the list is prepared. So what about us? What about adults? And this is, this is the question. And the lines are open. Give us a call, 314-436-7900. Or maybe even more easily, you can text that number. Give it, we'll go with a text here or two. Uh, you can also hit me up on Twitter, at George Sells on Twitter, if you prefer to communicate via social media. And the question is a simple one. Are we all too grown up to make a Christmas list? Now, there are pros and cons here, obviously. The pro Christmas list group would say would talk about the simple efficiency. If you tell people what you want, you are more likely to get things that you want, as opposed to, you know, that glove compartment organizer that relative bought you that one year and you're like, hey, great. I mean, I don't know about you, but my glove compartment, it's like by the time you have the two manuals for the car and like a couple of receipts from oil changes shoved in there. You can't fit anything else in that thing. I mean, come on. But I got a glove compartment organizer. What are you going to do? It was. It's the thought that counts, but it's also, you know, some somebody got themselves a nice glove compartment organizer at Goodwill one day <laughs> because I had nothing to do, nothing else to do with it. And that's just those are the kinds of things you get. So the pro Christmas list folks would say, yeah. Help a brother out. It's hard to shop for people. Give us a list of three or four things and then and everybody's happy. Now, on the other side of the coin, you have those who would say, you know, number one, it's kind of presumptuous. You know, I've got my Christmas list ready, everyone. Who needs me to send them a copy? Uh, yeah, it seems a little weird. And then there's, there's yeah, it's a little, is it childish maybe a little bit? Because everybody, eh, this goes back to thinking of the, the kid with the crayon. And, you know, drawing up their Christmas list and, you know, again, the, the cute kid factor. You're not a cute kid anymore. There's nothing cute or kid about me. I'm a 51-year-old man who trying to decide if he's read out a Christmas list or not. I actually – and I'll, I'll tell you. I'll give you the, the, all the spoiler on this one. I gave in this year. 23 years of marriage. I always dragged my feet about it. I don't know why either. I don't know what I was worried about. I, was, I, was kind of, I guess I was kind of embarrassed. But – I felt because my wife would always ask for it and not even just for her, but for like, you know, my mother-in-law will call her and, Hey, what does George want? And, okay. That makes sense. And so this year I finally said, you know what? I'm going to stop dragging my feet. It'll make life easier for other people. So I went ahead and did it. Okay. Producer Jake, Baumgartner across the table from me. Jake, what's say Hello. You? Hello. I, I, I am fully in on the Christmas list thing. Cause I, I'm a terrible gift giver. I'm not good at it. If if you want me to get you something for your birthday or Christmas and you give me zero ideas, you're not getting something good. Like I'm so I like having the guidance of a Christmas list. 
And as far as like me making one for somebody else, I, I only think about how I would feel without a Christmas list. Like I would prefer to have one. Right. And so I treat it the same way. That being said, my Christmas list is always very short because I'm, I mean, I'm 24 going on 25 in a couple of weeks and like all, all the stuff that I want is expensive and I, I feel bad asking for it. Well, you that's know, the you thing. Know what I mean, I mean, do you feel a little weird? You're a 25 year old man putting, you know, grown up toys on a piece of paper going here, mom. Yeah, I mean, no, <laughs> that's the hard part. <laughs> I don't, I don't feel so bad. And I think it's because people ask for, and it could just be that people ask for a Christmas list. So I never really think about it as a, Oh, I'm an adult making your Christmas. Like you asked, you asked what I wanted. So I'll, I'll let you know as soon as I think of something. And that's the trick. The, I think the trick here the trick is, is coming up asks. with a list. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause like all year long, I'll be like, wow, that's a great Christmas idea that I should tell my mom come November and that'll happen in July. And then November rolls around. She's like, do you have a list for me? And I'm like, I want one thing and it's $200. She's like, I'm going to need more than that. And so I'm down with the Christmas list. Yeah. And, and, for, and for me, it's like, it's a, it's a toughie, you know, cause I, you don't want to like, again, is it, you feel presumptuous or something. It's you do. weird. You do. It's, like, it, it's weird asking for things. Like yes. for specific things. And I think if you view the Christmas list as a guide more or less than like an instruction manual, it's like, here are things that I would like. Like, it's like if I put a guitar on my Christmas list, maybe you don't get me a guitar, but you get me some cables or some more strings or a guitar case or something like, so it inspires the idea. Mrs. Baumgartner, are you listening right now? So guitar <laughs> cables, strings, picks. There Sounds we go. good. To We've me. got good stuff. We got good stuff. <laughs> there, there's the list right there, and, and, and it was uh, all through inspiration and floor mats for IKEA, maybe on this end, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, so there are our ideas, but uh, it's that cho- it's that shopping time. Time for us to get out there and get on it. I can't believe. Can you believe it's almost Christmas? I'm trying not to think about it. It it's it is stressing me <laughs> I'm out not, a little I'm, bit. I'm trying not to worry about it because I haven't done any Christmas shopping. I used to live in New York, and there's a phrase called Ajita. Gives me agita, and it's just like it's an upset stomach. It's like heartburn. Yeah, and it's it, but it's a great word, agita. And I'm gonna remember, how do you spell that? I don't know, <laughs> but I can tell you the Christmas shopping gives me agita. <laughs> Eight twenty-eight on KMOX. We'll be right back. Back with you on KMOX at your service on a Wednesday night. I'm George Sells with you up until ten o'clock. Of course, the big topic for about the last week all over St. Louis has been what is the city, the county, and the Convention Bureau going to do with all this money that we are coming into from the St. Louis Rams? About $500 million being split up after you take out all the lawyers' fees. Good to be a lawyer. And a lot of ideas floating around. Now, one that was pitched uh, in an editorial in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and is just very interesting, I've done a lot of reading up on this, is to do something emulating what's called the Kalamazoo Promise. What is that, you ask? Well, back in 2006, a group of anonymous donors started a fund in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And the deal is pretty simple. If you graduate from the Kalamazoo public school system, you're going to get your college tuition paid for. Free college. And it has done wonders for that city and that school system. Apparently about a 16% jump in attendance since that happened back in 2006. And on the line right now, we have one man who both benefited from the promise and now works for the promise. Dante Hudson, Kalamazoo class of 2008, joining us now on KMOX. Dante, thanks for being with us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Well, Dante, tell me first of all about what this meant to you 
as a teenager coming out of a public school system who wanted to go to college and suddenly had having a lot more opportunity in front of you? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, within Kalamazoo Public Schools, like it's a, it's a lot of inner city kids. Um, so resources can sometimes be kind of scarce. Myself, personally, I always knew I was going to go to college. Like, that was a no-brainer. Um, this just gave me another resource to pay for that school, uh, that school and that education. So, um, you know, like a lot of others in <laughs> in our city, uh, college was always a, a part of the plan. It's just, you know, financial aid and if parents saving up enough money, you know, since we were born, stuff like that was always in the back of our minds. So uh, this just helped with help take a burden off of us, I guess you would say. So you go to Michigan State, you graduate from there, you come back to Kalamazoo, and now you're working for this group. What do you tell people who don't know much about the Kalamazoo Promise? What's what's the elevator pitch? What do people need to know about why this worked not only for you, but why it works for your city? Um, within Kalamazoo itself, like, <laughs> you don't have to say much. I mean, from the inception of the Kalamazoo Promise till now, you can see how the city of Kalamazoo has evolved uh, on a financial level. Um, it's a lot more diverse. There's a lot more to do in Kalamazoo just because those resources are there. There's more people, uh, more jobs, uh, you know, housing. Like all, all around, it's just a lot better um, since the Kalamazoo Promise uh, has been a thing. Um, so it kind of sells itself in a sense. But um I coach basketball at the local high school that I went to uh, now, so I get a, a, a opportunity to, I don't know, instill the importance of education and taking advantage of the Kalamazoo Promise with uh, my players. Um, so, I mean, that in itself, like, just the opportunity to do that every day is great. And then me working directly with the Kalamazoo Promise um I mean, it just hits the nail on the head. It's just the cherry on top. How do the schools look different now to you? Like, like the school you went to, it's got to look a little bit different. There's got to be, I know that the enrollment has grown. Uh, mm-hmm. That is an issue that they've fought with in St. Louis. The St. Louis public schools have fought with that eroding student body and wanting yeah. to grow it. How, how does your school look different now? Um, maybe a little more crowded <laughs> with all the people um, moving to the area um, since the Kalamazoo Promise uh, uh, came into play. Um, my graduating class was like 360, and at the time that was pretty big. You know, we had about 1,600 students in the school at that time. Now it's, I think it's close to like 21, um, 2100. So, yeah, I mean, as far as the diversity within the school like that, you know, that's always been um, great. Like, it's always been very diverse, um, you know, when walking the halls of Kalamazoo Central. But um, so that hasn't changed, but there's a lot more people. And do, yeah. you, do you find that you were talking about getting to kind of pitch college and constantly pitching the ideas that go with the promise to the kids mm-hmm. who play basketball for you? Are, mm-hmm. Do you find that more kids are talking about college just as a matter of course, as a matter of this is something I'm going to do, maybe than they were when you were in school? Yeah, yeah. Um, especially nowadays, like before, I mean, if you had your high school diploma, you could get a job. <laughs> now, the, the, a little bit more 
um, competitive, you know, no matter what field you're in. So that college education, you know, that's going to help, you know, when you're, when you're out job hunting. So um, the conversation around college is, is more, I don't know, more common, I guess you would say. Um, now just picking a school to go to now is, is the, the main topic, the main conversation with a lot of the students uh, within KPS, because when the promise first became a thing, it was only public schools uh, that, that it would pay for uh, no private schools and stuff like that. But now within the last few years, um, public schools have been, or private schools have been added to that list as far as, uh, as well as trade schools. So there's a lot that, that the promise can do for you now. Um, so it's, like I said, it's just more resources and more opportunity for the kids in our area. And it's amazing that that fund began, if I'm not mistaken, with about $80 million. Is that correct? Um, I'm not sure of the exact number. Um, and I I'm, was only a sophomore <laughs> in, in high school. I was going to say, you were a high school kid. I'm not going to put you on the spot with, <laughs> with that one. And for the record, folks, Dante is the alumni coordinator, so he's not in the, the, the money section of, of things. It's not right. fair to drop that on him. But I read somewhere it was about $80 million, so we'll, we'll go mm-hmm. with that. It's got to be pretty amazing how they run that in a way to keep that fund growing and to be paying out i believe they're now at 120 million dollars roughly that they have paid mm-hmm. out since uh since this started in 2006 yeah yeah and it's opened the door for um the organization to i don't know create more jobs um like the alumni coordinator job that i have like that's a new position but it's, it's pivotal, you know, because we need volunteers for different programs that we want to run uh, with the Kalamazoo Promise and, you know, other community leaders. Um, so it's my job to reach out to, you know, anyone who's taken advantage of the Kalamazoo Promise and see, you know, how they can help uh, try to uh, retain, you know, some of this top talent um, to stay, you know, in Kalamazoo instead of, you know, getting your degree, then I'm moving across the country to L.A. or something. <laughs> yeah, that brain but, drain's uh, a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that the retention, you know, and keeping people here in the city um, is huge because there's so much more opportunity, um, you know, more jobs and everything. So, uh, yeah, that's my role. We've got a new building. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on within our organization. Um so, you know, the money has to has to stay there for us to, you know, keep doing what we're doing. So if you got a chance to talk to the uh, city fathers and mothers of St. Louis, what would you tell them about the idea of doing something like this here? I mean, that'd be <laughs> the best step <laughs> in the right direction um, for your city, for the, the future of your kids, um, just all around, you know. Well, you, you're going to love it. <laughs> well, Dante Hudson, thank you very much for joining us again. Dante works as the alumni coordinator with the Kalamazoo Promise. He is a Kalamazoo Central grad from 2008 and went on to Michigan State University. All that paid for by this fund in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Fund set up by anonymous donors, by the way. Is that a big mystery? Do you guys try going looking for the donors sometimes, try to figure out who they are? Uh, I mean, everybody thinks they have an idea of who it may be, but as far as I know, there's only one person outside of that list of donors who knows, you know, everybody on that board. So, <laughs> Good stuff. Well, anyway, Kalamazoo has two anonymous donors who have started a fund like this. St. Louis could have Roger Goodell and Stan Kroenke paying college tuition. Dante, thank you very much for joining us on KMOX. Thank you.
It's a heck of an idea, isn't it? One thing to think about. Some food for thought. Any of you city leaders out there, uh, that might be one to chew on a little bit. It's 842. I'm George Sells, and you're listening to KMOX. 848, KMOX at your service. George Sells in with you until 10 o'clock tonight. This is an interesting little thing. It's not very often that I will find myself sitting on the air with an interest in talking about the St. Louis City Planning Commission. Boy, talk about sexy. Yeah, the Planning Commission. That's going to sell. People love the Planning Commission. Get excited just thinking about it. Okay, this is actually kind of cool. It goes toward changes, improvements, things that make the city more livable, make it more attractive to folks coming from outside. Uh, The Planning Commission voted 8-0 today to rezone that spot in Midtown where it's a bunch of warehouses and, and schmutz. You know, there's nothing that nobody's living there. There's no business to go to there. It's just it's kind of in the it's on the edge of the SLU campus. There's like a there's an athletic field in there, but besides that, it's a bunch of old warehousey stuff. Well, they have voted in favor of zoning it for a sixty-eight thousand square foot outdoor recreation and golf entertainment center. Translation, top golf. World's worst keeper worst secret in St. Louis right now, if it's meant to be a secret at all. But they did not disclose who the owner was in the paperwork, according to the post dispatch. But it's been talked about for some time, and apparently Top Golf has even confirmed that that's where they want to go. Well, today they got their blessing from the city fathers and mothers. Don't want to forget the the mothers, but uh, Top Golf apparently is going to be headed for Midtown. It'll be the second location. Yeah, you know, the one out in Chesterfield you've seen. If you drive drive on I sixty four going anywhere to the west or coming back from the west, uh, it's not very often that a business becomes the part of the traffic report almost every day. But anytime there's a traffic jam in, T- in Chesterfield, now it comes down to how far is it backed up from the Top Golf. So now. We're going to get to have a Top Golf reference on the traffic reports for traffic in the city as well. But more to the point, think about what's coming up in that area now. I mean, I remember 25 years ago when I was first coming to St. Louis and spending and spending time here. Uh, you know, the area around SLU, there there wasn't much to see. I mean, no no offense if your your favorite bar or warehouses down there, but there just wasn't much going on there. Uh, You had the campus, and then it just kind of turned into just sort of space that didn't have a whole lot happening. And talk about the transformation that that area has made over that last 25 years. It's it's, it's really kind of incredible. Um, You know, some of it goes back to the, uh, the, the rather controversial SLU president, whose name escapes me right now, but uh, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, was it Biondi? Did ring a bell to you, Jake? President of SLU back in the day, real controversial? I oh, man, I couldn't tell Okay, you. sorry. But... I can Google it for you. What kind of day are we talking about okay, when we talk back Okay, we're talking about uh, president of St. Louis University probably five years ago, went to work at the Vatican. Uh, a lot of people loved him. A lot more people hated him. Very outspoken. Oh, the uh, SLU alumna and volunteer awarded papal knighthood? Is that what we're talking about? Uh, no, you say Vatican. Uh, no, this uh. was a SLU president. Huh. Well, well, 
Folks, you, you probably know who I'm talking about. We'll Somebody, put the, re- uh, the research department on it. Let's we'll do back. that. <laughs> yeah. Hit me up on Twitter, at George Sells. If you know who I'm talking about, please chime in. Anyway, uh, credit to where credit is due in the sense that you have those slew properties. A lot of those have been turned into, you know, more entertainment oriented, that sort of thing, into housing, like, you know, apartments uh, for students. Uh, and now, of course, Cortex has come in and has grown from the other area, from from just kind of down the way in that direction. You've got City Foundry that's just opened up down there that's you know still finding its legs. Feel bad for those folks. They had this great plan and it's still a great plan. It's just that it was all supposed to come to fruition right smack dab in the middle of what turned into the pandemic. You know, talk about a just a brutal bit of timing for them, but uh, yeah, that's going well. And they've got, they've got plans for that area too. And it, it, this is all sort of expanding out that corridor. And the next step had some conversations with some folks uh, who are in the development business. And the next step in their eyes is to also be moving that that corridor of technology and things tied to technology and housing and entertainment for people who work in technology and basically connecting it up going north toward where the new NGA is going to be. And if you've driven up Jefferson anytime recently, uh, past uh, yeah, past the fire headquarters there, and you, you get up Jefferson a little ways uh, going north from Highway 40, uh, wow, you want to talk about something that is really starting to get big. Uh, that NGA f- uh, facility is going to be something to see. Uh, it already is something to see. I would highly recommend it. Take a spin up there and take a look. I mean, it, this thing is enormous. And the goal is to kind of interconnect all these areas, have a, a corridor of technology and technology-related stuff going from NGA all the way down to all the way down to where SLU is, and uh, again we were talking earlier about things transformative for St. Louis, uh, and this is another set of circumstances. The the, the Top Golf is not the big th- the big piece in the puzzle, but it's a piece of the puzzle. It's just one more of these things. And you're saying to yourself, golf? I don't play golf. I don't play golf either. It's entertainment though. And you don't have to play golf to go to this place. It's pretty fun. I've been a couple times out, out there in Chesterfield, heard good things about it. My son loves it. He doesn't play golf. He likes to go there. So whatever. The point is you are creating an environment that is attractive to young professionals. And those young professionals might be coming here from another state. Those young professionals might be your own kids who are making a decision as to – I'm in college now. Am I going to move to New York, L.A., Austin, Texas, Chicago, or maybe come back and be here at home where I grew up? And things like this and this overall sort of plan of action that many in in power have, both from the political side and the business side, it is all designed to keep those people here. Keep those young people here. My kid's 16 years old. Yeah, so two years from now, he's gonzo. He's heading for college. Uh, it would be nice for me, for my wife, to have him want to come back. You know? He might not. Who knows? Don't know what he's going to do for a living. 
uh, you know, don't know where his dreams will take him. But as somebody who lives here, it's like, yeah, it'd be kind of nice if the kid would come back and hang around for a little while, spend a little more time. Can't beat that. This is all where that's going. So cheers to Top Golf and that sexy city planning commission. It's 856 on KMLX. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.